National Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, it's Friday, dear friends, and we are thankful to the Lord for the privilege we have to be right here on your station, and I trust that it will be a blessing that we've gotten together today. We're going to hear part two of my message entitled, By Faith, Moses. It's a bit of a biographical sketch of the great leader, Moses, in the Old Testament and some things we can learn from his walk of faith. Now, let me remind you that with Sunday coming, I'm scheduled to be at the Faith Baptist Church in Webster, Florida. That's in Central Florida, and it is there very handy for many, many of you. I trust you'll join us at Faith Baptist Church on Sunday morning. And then Sunday night, I'll be at the Landmark Baptist Church in Haines City, Florida. And then back to Faith Baptist for Tuesday for the Florida Preachers Fellowship. And we look forward to seeing many of our friends all across Central Florida. Now, let's get right to the message. This is By Faith, Moses, Part 2. Well, they had two or three reasons why that he pulled back. Number one was the awesome power of the Pharaoh. The awesome might of this tyrant who had them enslaved. Uh, Verses 10 and 11 of that third chapter. God said, come now and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou must bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Any one of us might have cried out and said, dear God, you're calling me? Do you realize the enormity of what it is that you're asking me to do? I mean, we live in a dark day. We live in a difficult time. I mean, we live in a time when, I mean, it would be uh, probably acceptable to a lot of people just to crawl in a hole and, and, and sequester ourselves and become monastic and, and, and just hold up somewhere and hope that maybe one day the storm will be over. Moses looked at all of this that he was going to have to face and the power of the tyrant. And listen, you and I have to understand the forces, they do line up and they're frightening sometimes. Moses saw that and he balked. Chapter four and verse number one tells us that he also balked because he anticipated the unbelief of his own people. It's one thing to get up and preach like a wild man on Sunday. And it's another thing when you're sitting over Sunday dinner and you look your sweetheart in the face and you ask yourself, is anybody listening? Did anybody, did anybody respond to the appeal that I made to the pitch that I gave? Did anybody, did anybody hear what I had to say? And, and Moses is anticipating that the people are going to balk on him. And he said, verse one of chapter four, behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice for they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto thee. I mean, it's like saying, who called you to be a preacher, son? Well, what makes you think you can be a pastor, sir? And Moses saw the people knowing that they might very well be unreceptive to him. Somewhat disenchanting, somewhat discouraging. And then there was a third thing that Moses had to deal with. Not only the power of the Pharaoh, not only the unbelief of the people, but also his abnormal speech. 
Chapter 4 and verse 10, the Lord, Moses said to the Lord, O oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servants, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. It's like saying, you can't expect me to lead these people. I'm not able to get up in front of people and talk with any efficiency, with any degree of oratory. I just cannot do it. Now, let me just say parenthetically, the Lord is altogether sufficient in our weakness. When we are weak, and we will be weak sometimes, his strength is always altogether sufficient for every need, every burden, every care, every difficulty that we face. Every objection that Moses raised was somewhat valid. The task appeared difficult and it seemed very unlikely to succeed. But Moses forgot two things. Number one, he forgot how the Lord works. But God's about to demonstrate to him how he works. <laughs> and he says to him, what is that you have in your hand, Moses? Moses, oh, it's just a rod. It's a stick. The Lord said, throw it down. And when he threw it down on the ground, the stick became a snake. Right about then, I think I would have done like Moses apparently did. Verse three says he fled from it. Anybody that's in their right mind will back off when they see a snake. The stick was thrown down, it became a snake. Moses fled back from it, but then God said, Moses, pick it up. Now, you know, sometimes God tells you to do stuff and it's not all that tough. You got a stick in your hand, throw it down. Hey, anybody can do that. But there is the snake. It is, it is, a, it is a creepy, crawling, writhing serpent. I mean, it perhaps is a poisonous serpent. And God looked at him and he said, pick it up. Right about then, we begin to understand why five times in Hebrews 11, it says that Moses moved by faith. But he picked it up. And when his hand touched it, the snake became a stick again. Now, right about now, I think if you and I were there, we would have been paying a little closer attention. So the Lord said to him, verses six and seven, he said to him, um, Moses... Uh, Put, put your hand into your bosom. Had it in your vest, I think. Now Moses' hand was fine. There was, there was no problem with it. He, he put it in, hid it in the vest, and then the Lord said, take it out. And when he took it out, it was leprous. That'd shake you up. And then the Lord said, put it back in your bosom. He put it back when he pulled it out. It was clean again. See, Moses was not thinking I mean, was his objection to his abnormal speech, was that a real objection? It was. Was the Pharaoh powerful? He was. Uh, were the people somewhat fickle? Uh, perhaps. But God is able to overcome every single obstacle, every single one. And Moses, at least for the moment, forgot how God works and forgot that he was altogether able and then one additional thing there, just for good measure, the Lord said, and if they will not hear you, if, if the people, if you're right and the people do not hear you, he said, then uh, go down and get some water out of the river. And he said, pour it down on the ground and I'll turn it to blood and let them see that. 
He said, you've seen some things here. I'll let them see some things and they'll know that I've called you and that I've sent you. There's not a one of us sitting here who have not at some time in our life and some time in our ministry, we, we, have, we have been in that spot where Moses was on the day that he was feeling balky. And we've, we've had naysayers saying, you can't do this, it can't be done. We've had other people looking at us and saying, you gotta be crazy and all kinds of other things uh, have happened. There've been those times and, uh, and you, you may recall some time when you look, looked up to heaven and you said, oh God, oh God, if this is right, if this is what you've called me to do, then you've got to help me do that. Listen, the sooner that you and I forget ourselves and get out of the way, the sooner that we don't get so wrapped up in our circumstances and we decide we're going to serve God, whatever the circumstances, we're going to do that and remember that God is able. He was able then and he's able now and God equipped Moses with powers that absolutely shook the Egyptian king and stymied the nation. I mean, the Egyptian nation, they, were, they had their mouths agape at what God allowed Moses to do. Not only that, but he gave him victory over the faithlessness of the people. And God took care of that stuttering problem too. God said, well, you got a brother who talks good. Well, you read on through the biography of Moses that's laid out in the Bible and Aaron was there a lot, but it uh, seemed like Moses did a lot of the talking. Moses faltered in weakness, but God favored him with strength. And this day, my brethren, you and I realize that God has put us on the scene and he's given us opportunity and he's put every single one of us in a place somewhere. No excuse will do. No rationale will serve and no refusal meets muster. This is the day that the Lord has made and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. In this setting that we're looking at here, we have the mighty God, we have his miracle nation, we have the explanation of the major circumstances and God reaches out and picks the man that is called the meekest man in the world and gives him a mysterious strategy for getting the job done. I've laid all of this out in front of you tonight to ask a question. Just suppose, and what if Moses had not done what God asked him to do? What would it have meant to Israel? What would it have meant to history had Moses said, I'm not going to do it? You say, look, I'm, I'm pastor somewhere. And it's like the backside of the desert. It's out, it's out in the near side of nowhere. I'm saying, just suppose, just suppose where you are, where God has planted you, just suppose that you do not do what you're supposed to do. Think of the people down the main street in your town. Think about people who live over on the back street. Think about the people who live in the countryside, up on the hill and down in the valley. Think about those people and who, who, who is going to do it if you do not do it and if I do not do it, who is going to do what God says needs to be done in your town, in your county, in your state and in our country? Who is going to do it if we don't do it? Just suppose that dear Enoch in the long ago had said, dear God, I've walked with you for a ways, but I'm just tired walking. Just suppose he'd have balked on God. And What about Noah? Just suppose that Noah had said, an ark, 
Rain? Well, what's rain? What's an ark? Suppose those boys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, suppose they'd have come in and said, you know, dad's getting a little old. He's, he's, dreaming, he's dreaming dreams that don't make sense. Just suppose those boys had built up some imaginary generational divide and, and, and set themselves at variance with their daddy. Just suppose that Mama Noah had set up a house. Suppose she had been hard for dear Noah to get along with. Just suppose how it might have changed things. Just suppose Abraham had decided he was not going to go out and seek for a better country. Suppose that Joseph of the Old Testament had sunk down in bitterness when his, when his brothers threw him into the pit. Suppose that he had become arrogant and antagonistic whenever they drew him up and sold him into slavery. Suppose when he was betrayed by that woman and wound up in prison. Here he was in the pit and in the prison ultimately in the palace, but suppose he had gotten bitter and just, just gotten cantankerous in his spirit. Just suppose. Just suppose that Elijah had cowered down to Ahab. Suppose that he had fled under the attack from Jezebel. Suppose that Elisha had said, enough of Elijah's old paths. We want some new stuff. Just suppose. Well, dear friends, we'll have to interrupt right there. I trust this message by faith, Moses, has been a help and a blessing to you. Now, don't forget, Sunday's coming. I trust that you'll find your way to the house of God on the Lord's Day and have a great weekend. In the meantime, don't forget to write me a note. Let me know that you hear the broadcast and the station on which you hear it. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, I trust you'll have a great rest of the day today and a great weekend. But right now, I need to sign off, so I'll just say goodbye for now. <laughs>